And now, Matt Wright. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. Welcome to 2023, y'all. I am your host, Matt Wright, and together you and I are going to be spending the next 45 minutes to an hour traversing the muddied waters of freedom. No matter where you are watching this, listening to this, however you are in taking this content, thank you. Uh, If you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, please like it, please share it, please comment, make sure you comment, comment, comment. Uh, so that way, you know, we hit beat the algorithms because they all really hate us. Twitter is slightly less recently for some reason, but everybody else hates us. So comment, share, do all the things that you need to do. And if you are one of the people who are listening on the old school ways on your drives in to work, thank you so much because that is how we get paid. Um, so to all of you, all of you out there in the muddied verse, Bula Vinaka. Hope everybody out there had a great holiday, uh, great Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Uh, great New Year's Eve uh, here at the Wright household. We celebrate a lot of different things. And um, it was good. We, uh, you know, we had a great week. Hanukkah was great, as always. Uh, lots of great food. Uh, and then we also had the added benefit of... Um, you know, we do Christmas as well. And, you know, we got to spend some time with the family. Uh, We got to spend some time with the family and uh, it was good. And then New Year's Eve, it was the most low-key New Year's Eve I have done in my entire life. We ended up just kind of hanging out here at the house. We grilled out, uh, we grilled out, made some burgers, grilled a pizza, uh, grilled a pizza, and then our neighborhood went nuts at midnight with fireworks going off everywhere. And it was just like the most calm, peaceful, most awesome way to ring in a new year I've ever experienced, which is weird for somebody who used to drive thousands of miles to experience it in a large city. Um, So, you know, as we age, things change. Um, But thank you all so much for being here. Hope everybody had a very safe and happy new year. And, uh, you know, just we have a lot going on in 2023. And I am very excited to be spending it with everybody here That's part of the Muddied Waters family. Before we get into the show, as always, we have to pay off a couple of bills. So, Mudwater. Mudwater is the coffee alternative that's made from masala chai, chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. If you are somebody who's waking up in the morning and decide that you no longer want to try coffee, you don't want to have the sweet nectar of the gods known as coffee, but instead you want to drink something that tastes like, well, kind of like the drink that I drink here on the show every night, uh, kava, uh, and then try, give mud water a try. It has one seventh of the caffeine as coffee, and uh, it will actually keep you awake for most of the day. Uh, and you don't get that crash that you many people get with coffee, which is why I will have two to three coffees a day, plus, you know, maybe an energy drink. So uh, be sure to head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud today and uh, get your mud water starter pack. I think you get a discount. I don't know. You might get, I get five bucks or something. So uh, head on over there, give it a shot and uh, see what you think. See if, see if you want to make the mud water switch today 
Kenny Johnson said Lula Beluga, and uh, it's Bula Vanaka. Bula Vanaka. It sort of means in good health, more or less. Um, so starting out this uh, brand new episode, brand new year episode, uh, the House of Representatives is back. Kind of, sort of. They can't do anything. Um, literally can't do a single thing. Uh, as we all know, Kevin McCarthy was thought to be the heir apparent to the speakership, speakerhood, speaker, speaker of the house. Uh, but there have been numerous people who have kept this dream from becoming a reality. Um Andy Biggs of Arizona, Matt Gates of Florida, Ralph Norman of South Carolina, and Matt Rosendale of Montana all said that they would not be supporting him. Now, I was actually lucky enough to meet Matt Rosendale a few years ago um, down in uh, Fort Myer area. Super nice guy. But um, they all said they weren't supporting him. And then a few others started joining Polonian vodka. Yeah, Polonian vodka works. Um, but uh, they said that they weren't going to be supporting him and other people started joining on. Those were the original four. There was a fifth one that started uh, saying it shortly after. And then by the time that voting happened today, because I watched the first one and half of the second one, but listening to them do roll votes got really boring, especially when you knew the outcome. But so they said that they were going to vote as a block, meaning that McCarthy wouldn't be able to go to Matt, uh, Matt Rosendale and say, hey, I'll give you whatever you want. Just vote for me for speaker. He was like, nope, I, we're I'm voting with uh, Andy Biggs, Matt Gates, Ralph Norman, and me. We're, we're not changing. We are not voting for you. That is not going to happen. So instead, McCarthy just thought, okay, I'm going to fight through. Anna Polina Luna was one of the people uh, – Anna Polina Luna was one of the people that was uh, one of the people that were in the never, I think they call them the, the, the never Kevin movement. But um, so they were, they were, these notes were actually from yesterday. I didn't have time to update them today. So they, uh, so they voted. He didn't get it on the first round, which everybody knew wasn't, was going to happen. That was how the outcome that was going to happen. It was, it was a foregone conclusion. Um, it was a foregone conclusion that they should absolutely just start all over again and not deal with the issues. Like all new people, all new people, uh, Lauren Boebert in the first round stood up and said that she was voting, voting for Jim Jordan, who wasn't on the ballot to run. Nobody had nominated him, but she said, I'm voting for Jim Jordan. And he ended up getting more than Andy Biggs got. Uh, who had been nominated. So you started to see a shift happening. So once that happened and Jim Jordan got more votes than uh, Andy Biggs, instead of nominating Andy Biggs to run, what uh, Matt Gates did was he nominated Jim Jordan immediately after Jim Jordan nominated Kevin McCarthy. The vote ended up being the same with the man who looks like he is always waiting for somebody to notice the silent but deadly fart he just released upon the crowd. Hakeem Jeffries getting 212. 
And then uh, Kevin McCarthy got 203 and then 19 voted against him, but 19 voted for Jim Jordan. In the third and final round of voting, third and final? I think it was third and final. Um, no, in the third round, it was the fourth and final. But in the third round, 20 went to uh, Jim Jordan, 202 went to Kevin McCarthy, 212 went to Hakeem Jeffries. You need 218 in order to pass. So we've gone through three rounds of voting. Um, <laughs> it's gone through three rounds of voting and nobody's in it. Going to the fourth, it ends up exactly the same. They call it for the night. They say, okay, that's it. We're done. We're not going to go through this another one. Uh, we're not going to go through another one of these. We're going to come back tomorrow. The question that I have to everybody out there, who is going to end up being Speaker of the House? I will say, from what I have heard, Jim Jordan does not want this job. <laughs> he did not want the Speaker House. And I honestly believe it's because he wouldn't be on committees. And I think he thinks that he does a more meaningful job being on the committees as than he would as speaker. I understand the logic, but a lot of people in the house, 20, it's not really a lot, but I think a lot of people are going to start switching that way tomorrow uh, unless he talks to everybody and says, no, don't vote for me, vote for somebody else. But it won't be McCarthy because we know he won't win. So who do you think will win the speakerhood, speakership, speaker, speaker position, speaker person um who who do you think will be the next speaker of the house is it going to be kevin mccarthy no uh is it going to be hakeem jeffries is it going to be jim jordan is it going to be somebody else because i think there are a lot of people who would accept it and there are a lot of people that 218 republicans would say yes to but I, kevin mccarthy isn't one of those people so who do you think it's going to be? Uh, comment in the uh, bottom down there and uh, comment on all the things. And uh, we'll uh, kind of go through that as this show progresses. But uh, fun fact, I believe that the most that uh, I believe that the most votes it's ever taken to get a speaker of the house was in the 1850s. Uh, and it was 150. It was either 150 or just over 150 separate votes. It took two months Two months to finally decide who the speaker of the house is without a speaker of the house you don't have any way to swear in the new members of congress so right now we don't have a house of representatives so the longer that this goes on the less <laughs> cheney <laughs> mohican libertarian says cheney says Cheney, she's not in the house anymore. There's absolutely no reason it couldn't be her, but um, that would be hilarious. Um, so the longer that this progresses, the less amount of the less amount of time that they have to pass things that will be terrible. Because you know, anything that the Republicans pass that anybody who watches this show or listens to this show, anybody that watches this, Anything that the Republicans pass that we may agree with isn't going to make it past the Senate and the president. Instead, 
why just not pick a speaker so you don't have to worry about trying to meet in the middle in order to come to the middle in order to make concessions that you don't want to make on issues that you don't want to make them. So that way nothing ever gets to the Senate and nothing can be passed. Uh, I don't know if they have Ron Paul for speaker every, every year, Ron Paul for speaker. Actually, I'm more on the Justin Amash for speaker uh, this year. Um, so Justin Amash for speaker, I think that would be amazing. I forget I have to, this is new. I'm not used to this platform. If anybody's watching us live, uh, if you're listening on audio, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but thank you. But I can uh, show the comments now because we're in 2023. Um, and I can, but I, I've thought that they just automatically turned off after a while, but they don't. So um, Derek Ambrose, brand new version of a filibuster. This is could be like the, two-year filibuster you just never pick a speaker there's no house you know nothing you know everybody knows anything that the republicans pass the first thing that they said they're going to pass is that they are going to end the funding on the seventy-three thousand or seventy-four thousand, whatever it is new irs agents that's not going to make it through the senate we already know that we know that's not going to go so instead what you do is you just don't give them a chance to pass anything ever ever. I think it's a brilliant plan. If, if that was their plan, you know, it's not, it's because Kevin McCarthy's an authoritarian psychopath and he just wanted to be speaker his entire life. So he's like, no, I'm going to be speaker. I don't care. And I'm going to fight this to the bitter end. It's not because of any altruistic meaning. It's because he's that big of a douche. Um, and speaking of douche, the war between Russia and Ukraine it's coming up on its one-year anniversary, and as a newly nope, other hand, as a newly married man, I believe that the one-year anniversary is the paper anniversary, and uh, so Zelensky and Putin should trade letters or something. Zelensky, oh my God, Zelensky for speak. If they did Zelensky for speaker, uh, if they did Zelensky for speaker. <laughs> That would not. That would be the least surprising thing ever. And everything he would try to put through would just be funding Ukraine, and everybody would push it. Every single person would be like, "Well, we have to do it." Um. So we're coming up on the one year paper anniversary, and as of yesterday, the Ukrainians, the Ukrainians, uh, made an attack killing somewhere between depending on which media outlet you listen to 63 russian troops according to russian press releases and 400 russian troops according to ukraine obviously this is somewhere in the middle i don't i don't excuse me i just made pizza and it came up um I don't think it's 63 and I don't think it's 400. It's somewhere in the middle of these two numbers. And the question is, which state-sponsored media do you think, it, which one are you leaning to as being more honest? Because who, I don't trust either one of these state-sponsored medias. Um, 
I don't want either one of these state-sponsored medias. I just, I honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. What I know is that we have spent what <laughs> two sixty nine. Nice. Um, what I do know is that Ukraine was able to do this using missiles that were given to them by us. Meaning we funded this murder of somewhere between 263 and 400 individual Russian individuals. Granted, yes, they're on the they're on Russian truth uh, on Ukrainian soil. They're on Ukrainian soil and whatever. But this war would not still be going on had if we weren't funding it. And a lot of people's lives and a lot of homes would not be destroyed or gone completely if we did not continue to fund it in the way that we have been funding it. So how long do we think this is going to go on? I honestly have no idea. I thought this was going to be over many months ago. And I thought that the, and I thought that the, uh, the, the, the outcome was going to be 150% different than what it is. Um, 180 degrees away. I did not see this coming. So I have no clue how long this is going to last. I do. I honestly thought that once we started getting into the winter months, people in Europe were going to start breaking. They were going to start saying that, uh, that they were going to start breaking because of the cold and say, we need to get gas. We need to get oil from Russia so we can heat our homes. I don't care about the sanctions, pay the guy. And then it would have been over because funding would have entered back into his country. That didn't seem to happen. I have no idea where this is going. I keep hearing that it's coming up on the end. It's coming up on the end, but we now hit the one-year mark. People are saying he's uh, that Putin is running scared, but he's out there just killing everybody that is on his team. Um, uh, he's out there killing everybody that's on his team. You just keep hearing about different people in Russia who are part of that oligarchy that are dying mysteriously throughout all of Asia. And it just, I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. I think he's going to leave when he's dead and it won't be because somebody killed him. It will be because the cancer killed him that he obviously has. Um, no matter what, like this is, no matter what, this is going to be a war that continues going on, I think, personally. I don't know, um, obviously, because I thought it was going to be six weeks. Um, this could be a war that goes on for a long period of time that eventually we all absolutely get tired of talking about, hearing about, um, just like Joe Biden. Um, now, Joe Biden... I moved like because we're using this new thing, like I've moved stuff and I don't know where everything is now. There it is. Um, so Joe Biden was giving a speech in Arizona in early December when he said this. And today, TSMC has announced a second major investment. It will construct a second fab here in Phoenix to build chips, the three nano chips, the three nano chip. Chips that are three nano, and you know what I'm saying. <laughs> nano, no, no, I don't know. I 
I also did not realize that when I played stuff, I couldn't hear it. So I need to figure that out. Um, so yeah, he, uh, so he said that about uh, nano chips, nano, nano, three nano chips, nano, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> so obviously when he goes out to say things like this, as he is wont to do, uh, being that he is a 78-year-old man who's obviously suffering from dementia, um, questions have been getting brought up a lot more recently since the, uh, since the midterm elections regarding Joe Biden's health. So this has started because of people's kind of going in on the on the people started asking about Joe Biden's health, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the world's absolutely worst press secretary. Um, she started referencing the hash hatch act, the hatch act in order to get out of answers. Um, so what is the hatch act? The Hatch Act is generally federal employees who are considered further restricted are prohibited from taking an active part in partisan political management or partisan political campaigns. Specifically, these employees may not engage in political activity on behalf of a political party or partisan political group, collectively referred to as partisan groups, or candidate in a partisan election. Political activity refers to any activity directed at the success or failure of a partisan group or candidate in a partisan election. So she has invoked this clause, this act, uh, numerous times over the last few months. Uh, she, she has invoked it when she was asked about Joe Biden's health and physical exam. She invoked it when she asked if Joe Biden was going to travel to Georgia for the Senate runoff election. And she invoked it on whether or not Biden and the rest of the Democrats should return the funds donated from Sam Bankman-Fried that was taken from FTX. She continues to invoke the Hatch Act. She invoked it 33 times since September. 33 times. And honestly, I believe that she started using it in September is because that's about when she found out about it. I, I, I can't think of any other reason she would have done that. Now, former White House, White House ethics, White House, White House, like Mike Tyson, White, White House ethics lawyer, Robert Palmer, uh, insisted probing the president's medical records in light of his potential bid for re-election um, is a legitimate effort and not covered by the Hatch Act. So basically what Robert Palmer is saying, or Robert Painter, uh, not Robert Palmer, he's a singer. Um, Robert Paint, what Robert Painter is saying is asking about the president's health being the fact that he has all but stated he is running for re-election, does not constitute a violation of the Hatch Act. You can ask him, what is his health like? Um, so, uh, so 
He goes on to say, it sounds like she's overly broad in her application of the Hatch Act. It's just that she doesn't want to answer a question on the president's medical records. When you look at the Hatch Act, she can't use her official position to promote his campaign or to attack an opponent. So he's saying, I can't say anything about the medical records because that could promote his campaign. Um, Scott Greer says, when my boss asks me a question, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Hatch Act instead of answering. And I think that we should all do that from now on. Now, I think personally could be wrong. She got, she started using it once Jen Psaki was found to violate the act when she endorsed Terry McAuliffe in the gubernatorial race in Virginia in 2021. And you're thinking, well, that was 2021. She started using it in September. Yeah, she said the thing in 2021. She was found to violate it recently. So she realized what the Hatch Act was. And she said, okay, this is what I can do now. I can say this. That way I never have to worry about it. I'm never going to get in trouble anymore. Um, and she's going to kind of use it as a sort of catch-all, get-out-of-jail-free card for her not to have to answer any questions and stumble over any legitimate um, answers. Uh, well, no, she wouldn't stumble over a legitimate answer because she doesn't give any. Uh, she wouldn't stumble over any legitimate questions trying to figure out how she can spin her answer in order to make it feel however it is that she said something of relevance, even though she hasn't said anything of relevance at all. But unfortunately, she is still Corrine Jean-Pierre which means... Senator Shaheen has a statement. She's apparently not coming to the ball tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, she's upset that the president uh, endorsed a proposal to uh, put uh, South Carolina in New Hampshire, and she says that New Hampshire uh, is now vulnerable for her party. Uh, which Does the president have a response to that? So, look, um, we, honor, uh, we honor the Hatch Act, as I, as I mentioned many times before here, as we are talking about a potential election, a 2020 uh, for uh, presidential election. But looking backward, it is the ultimate irony, uh, you know, uh, that the 2020 election was was uh, was proven by the Trump administration's homeland. Oh, sorry, I think I got ahead of myself there. <laughs> she had a notebook full of answers, and she still couldn't get the right one. She couldn't get the right one. And you were open to the wrong page, Corrine. How do you do that? How do you do that? You are listening to the question coming out of his mouth. And then you look down at your binder full of paper like you're Joe Jorgensen after a bender and you start reading the first answer that you see, how do you do that? Corinne Jean-Pierre has also been accused of lying to the media multiple times. Lying to the media multiple times in the past uh, couple of weeks, dealing with issues with Joe Biden's health, uh, issues with things Joe Biden has said about illegal immigration, um, and whatever, you, just anything else. However, newly elected representative from New York, George Santos, 
wins. Wins. Closes out this year being known as the biggest liar in politics. This man, where is he? This man right here had the most amazing Jim Jordan-esque come from behind victory, beating out the likes of President Joe Biden, Corinne Jean-Pierre, Fauci, Trump, Pelosi, and really every other politician on the Hill. But by God, he did it. He did it, and he did it with, with muster. He absolutely pulled everything of he pulled all of that out of his ass he well he pulled his entire life out of his ass because nothing this man has said ever has apparently been true the only thing that might be true is that he's gay maybe but at this point i don't even know if i believe that um so let's go through let's go through some of these lies that George Santos has been telling. He said he went to the Horace Mann Prep School in the Bronx. Rather prestigious prep school. But when they looked it up, there was no records of him ever attending. Old Georgie told a lie. He never, uh, he said that he went to college said he went to NYU, uh, but it turned out he never went to college, which, I mean, I don't care if you go to college or not. Some of the smartest people I know never went to college. Some of the dumbest people I know did. Um, but the internet exists. So if you're going to say things like this, everything's backed up, especially when you're George. I think, how old is George Santos? He is, I think he was 19 in 2008. So 20 or 32, 33. Um, so you're going to be backed up on the internet. People are going to be able to fact check you on these things. Um, he said that he worked for Citigroup or Goldman Sachs. He said both of these things kind of in passing multiple times. No, never happened. And he ended up walking that back saying, no, I was working with a financial company that I started that worked with Citigroup and Goldman Sachs, but there was no evidence of that either. He claimed to have founded a charity called Friends of Pets United. Sounds like a good guy when you say it like that, doesn't it? Friends of Pets United, United, but there was no record of the charity at the IRS. I don't actually have a problem with this. If he was doing this on the DL and he was just kind of doing it, not reporting any of it and just kind of doing it to do it. All right, great. I would have a hundred percent run with that, but instead he had to blow it up to make it bigger than it actually was. Um, and so now he admits that he didn't found the charity, but he campaigned for the group, meaning but there's no charity at the IRS, so it wasn't a real charity, but you campaign for. So he said that he ended up taking uh, dogs to their homes, back to their homes, as opposed to saving the thousands of dogs that he claimed. Um, 
I mean, he's not on Fauci level of uh, he's not on Fauci level of murdering dogs, but still, you don't want to throw out that you've been saving dogs in, in an altruistic way and then not have been doing that. Um, he claimed that uh, in front of the Republican Jewish coalition um, that he's Jewish that he's Jewish and his grandparents fled the Holocaust. He backed off of this one. <laughs> he backed off of this one, but he backed off of this one um, by saying he is Jewish in a blatant ripoff of the Seth Meyers standup. That wasn't that funny when Seth Meyers did it. I understand Seth Myers. He married to a Jewish woman, woman, works with a lot of Jewish people. I get his position. I'm in his position, but I don't refer to myself as Jewish. I even have Jewish uh, heritage in, in my lineage, but I don't claim to be Jewish. I claim to be Caucasian. Um, I don't even know how true that is. I'm just basing that on my skin tone. Um, he uh, he also said that his grandparents were of Ukrainian Jewish descent, but they were born in Brazil. They were born in Brazil. This guy said during the Ukrainian war, when everybody is on the side of Ukraine, and Zelensky, who is a Ukrainian Jewish person, he said, oh, yes, I'm from a Ukrainian Jewish descent. His grandparents were born in Brazil. He was just trying to get catch every buzzword that he could that was out there in the media and jam them all into his campaign and spit them out and hope nobody checked. Um. Uh, so for saying that, uh, he was a Ukrainian of U Ukrainian Jewish descent and called himself a Jewish American, we can say that he officially has lied. Um, another one that he likes to tell is that he owned dozens of properties, rental properties across New York, but when people did a search on this, they found that he doesn't own any. Some people who are related to him may own some, but not a single property is owned by him. He may use these properties, but he does not own a single one of these properties. So the conservative from New York lied about owning property. while the socialist from Vermont downplays how much property he actually owns. George Santos owns less property than Bernie Sanders. And for the biggest one, arguably, not arguably, this is the biggest one, um, 
uh, the biggest one that he absolutely uh, should be chastised for. He claimed. No, I'm not going to say that one. Yeah, I'm going to say the next one. Uh, he said that he had never been part of a criminal investigation. Uh, he said he'd never been part of a criminal investigation here in the United States or anywhere else in the world. But he lied. Um, he was actually the subject of a criminal investigation in 2008 over allegations that he used stolen checks that he stole from an elderly uh, an elderly man that his mom was taking care of to buy items at a clothing shop in the city of Natori. I have no idea if I said that right. But he actually was a part of a criminal investigation on whether or not this happened. But the biggest lie, the biggest lie that he told, <laughs> the biggest lie he told was he claimed that his mother died in the towers on 9-11-2001. Being the fact that he stole checks from an elderly man that she was taking care of in 2008, we know that's not true. And he tweeted that his mother died December of 2016 when it happened. Who in their right mind, who in their right mind would, would dance on the grave of their dead mother claiming that she died on September 11th for notoriety in a political race. I mean, pretty much anybody in Washington. I, 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 that's a dumb question. But um, why do, did he think any of this was going to be okay? How did he think he wasn't going to get caught for any of it? And I was reading more stuff on him uh, earlier today because I hate myself. And um, he had a gay lover who doesn't believe he's actually gay, which, which if you have a gay, never mind. Um, so he said that uh, back when they were hooking up, uh, George Santos was married. I have no idea if George Santos was ever married. This is just what this one man's, one man's story is. Uh, and that he would sneak him around in order to be sure that that didn't happen. And he would promise him money and he would promise him all this other stuff. Uh, but he said that they never actually hooked up. Don't know if that's true. No clue. But it makes me question, is anything about George Santos actually real? I know he's really in sitting in the House of Representatives today. Um, and what we, the fact that this man can sit there and be caught for all of this, and then for everybody, every single person on the left, the right has obviously switched on this one, um, to sit there and say, he shouldn't be in, look at this, he's a liar, he's a liar. He has lied about his entire past. He has lied about everything. 
uh, he should not, he is not fit to sit in the hallowed halls of the House of Representatives. He should he should drop out and whatever. Um, they seem to forget that the president will constantly tell stories about his father that aren't true. He told a story not long ago and you can always tell when Joe Biden's about to tell a lie. Do you know how? Anybody know how? Let me know if you know how. Um, but you can always tell when Joe Biden's about to tell a lie. Uh, well, multiple ways. One, he's talking. But uh, you can tell when it's going to be a good one, though, because he'll lean into the mic real close. And he'll get that folksy eyebrow thing going on where you can't tell if he's squinting. And he'll say, When I was vice president, my dad called me up and he said, Joey, and if you hear him say Joey, everything after that's a lie. Everything. Because the story I was referencing right then, he said, Joey, your uncle fought in somewhere. I don't remember which one. Uh, and he was supposed to be given a purple heart, but he never got one. Do you think we can make that happen? And I said, Dad, yeah, I think we can. And we got it. We got him the Purple Heart and we took it over and gave him the Purple Heart. And the tears that welled up in this man's eyes. He, his uncle died in 1999. His dad died uh, in 2001. He wasn't vice president until 2009. He was lying. He lies about that. He lies about everything that happened on the uh, on Amtrak. He tells that one train story over and over and over and over again, even though everybody knows it's a lie, but nobody calls him on it. You've got the corn pop situation uh, that where he just basically threatened to beat a black man in Delaware, which I imagine is a lie because why would he say that out loud? Um, he. Uh, <laughs> Joe Hanush says, to be fair, he probably thinks it's real. And yes, that's that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but everybody in on Capitol Hill lies. They are all a bunch of liars. And how do I know that? They got elected. Anytime somebody's running for office, they're going to make campaign promises. They're not going to keep those campaign promises because once you get up there, once you get up there, they are absolutely going to suck you into whatever little club that you think that you aren't going to get sucked into, and you aren't going to follow through on any of the campaign promises that you said. That is just the way the system works. I don't care what party you're from. That's the way the system works. That is what is going to happen. Um, so... Right now, we have a group of liars who are angry at one liar, granted, big one, um, but angry, we got a group of liars angry at this one liar, and all of them, every single one of them, is picking the Speaker of the House, who will be a liar. Because that's what they all are. Um, it is a mad, mad world that we are living in, and... Uh, that is what we got for it. Um, 
Thank you all so much for tuning in. I was kind of hoping to talk about whoever was going to become Speaker of the House today or, you know, more about the process, but they did four votes. Nothing happened. Uh, I wanted to see what was going to happen with different uh, bills going on. Didn't happen because the Republicans didn't get their shit together to know that Kevin McCarthy wasn't going to win that. So instead, nothing, nothing. Next week, Alex Snicker is going to be here live with me right here in studio. Uh, he was supposed to come this week, but he uh, we're all under the weather in this area. Everybody, we've all got like this little cold flu thing. Even I have it. You can probably hear it. Um, but, you know, I am fighting through because I love you guys. So uh, he's going to be here next week. Um, he's going to be here next week. And then on this Friday, No T in Snicker. No, Alex Snick Snicker. There is a T in Snicker. Snitker. Um, so uh when uh on Friday, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, the bearded truth is going to be having an episode. Uh that phone doesn't work anymore. Hang on. I, I should know this because I was texting with his wife about it uh not long ago. Eight o'clock. Jason Lyon will be having a show at eight o'clock on Friday. So tune in for that. I promise I'm going to get used to this new platform that we are using. Thank you. This Friday, Jason. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know Jason Lyon in the same week, in the same week, this is, this is not a joke. He talked about Pele, Pope Benedict, the what the fuck ever, uh, Barbara Walters, and he also was recently he was talking about uh, uh, that joke would have been so much better if I, he he was talking about the build safety the other day. So, Jason Lyon, the Merchant of Death. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. I love you all so much. Be sure to uh, share, be sure to comment. Thank you so much. If you are, if you are listening on audio, thank you so much. You are the real ones and I will see you all very, very soon. Uh, have yourselves a fantastic rest of your week. I will see you next week. And remember where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>